everybody. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And this is Coffee and Capes, our podcast where we talk about two of our favorite things, coffee, drinking coffee, and geek culture. What? That's crazy. Who would have thought we would ever do such a thing? Only everybody that's ever met us. Only everybody is fair. That's totally fair. Only everybody that has ever met us. They're like, oh, John and Dave are talking about coffee and comic books and geek culture. Yeah, that's not shocking. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's that's, that's par for the course. We're good. Yes, because we are enthusiasts. We like coffee and we like geek culture and comic books especially, but all the things geek culture and or most things geek culture. And uh, we yeah. want them to succeed. That's what we mean by enthusiasts. We want them to be to succeed and be good. And we want other people to enjoy them as well as they want to. Like, I don't want to force anybody to do anything, but I, I, I want the I products to be go good enough. Well to, with, it, it might go well with our, uh, our theme for the day to force people. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. You will like it. You will. Where well, are we that was fun. Now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have to great track. we'll fix that in post-production. What's that? No, we we don't have post-production. We don't have oh. post-production. Dang it. For all of you professional podcasters to listen to our podcast, just so you know, we don't do post-production. We are our own blooper reel and we just let it fly. Kids. That's right. Absolutely. Um, so you found us in some manner or another. Absolutely. Let's go through the rundown of all of the ways that you can connect with us. John, yeah. do that for us, please. Yeah. So if you're watching this, guys, as always, you probably found us on YouTube or I'm... you have some kind of psychic ability to see through our eyes, in which case, get out of my head. <laughs> um, it's, you don't want to be in there. It's no. weird. No. Yeah. It's a weird place. Run to away. Live. Run away. Run, run, run. Um, and then, uh, of course, we're on the socials. So we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, you can find us coffee. On Instagram, coffee underscore the letter N underscore the word capes. There is no underscore in Facebook. Um, and I, I can't remember if there's one in Twitter or not, but that's okay. I don't think so. No. You can email us if you'd like to at supers, S-U-P-E-R-S, at coffeeandcapes.com. And then you can go to coffeeandcapes.com. Uh, and pretty and soon, what will I find if I go there, John? Well, right now, you'll find a countdown. But pretty soon, you'll find the ability to buy Coffee and Capes coffee. Um, what? Yeah, I know. We're super excited. As a matter of fact, today's episode is brought to you by Coffee and Capes Coffee Empire Roast. Everybody knows that. Am I the only person who can't think of Darth Vader or the Empire without hearing that in their head? Every single time. I don't know anybody that can. Who yeah, could think right? of Darth Vader without hearing that in their head? Right. And sometimes I just start doing that in the car next to Rachel. And she'll look at me and be like, oh, yeah. True story. Uh, a Christmas ago, we had, I, I used, uh, I asked our music person at church to combine the Imperial March with the Carol of the Bells. And use that as the theme of our of our service. That's amazing, right? It was. That is amazing. That's shout fantastic. out to shout out to Reed Spears, who's who's incredible and can do that sort of thing on the fly. That's so great. Well, it wasn't quite on the fly, but yeah, no. Right, yeah, the Imperial yes. March is iconic and for good reason. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Um, so Empire's roast, guys, is uh, is a single origin dark roast. 
and it has notes of milk chocolate, honey, and a hint of citrus. It is the perfect cup of coffee when expanding your galactic empire. So, so good. Um, so yeah, guys, that's going to be available soon uh, on uh, coffeeandcapes.com. You can find the link for the website in Linktree on Instagram. Uh, it's in Twitter, Facebook. It'll be, if you're watching this, it'll be down in the notes. But yeah, come in and check it out. And uh, I think that's all the particulars about how you can find us and our rundown on coffee today. Yay enjoying it oh look at that we're both enjoying it in our coffee and capes mug. yeah this is the signature okay. coffee and capes uh mug heroically, heroically great, coffee. great coffee yeah heroically great coffee um oh yummy hey let's not forget guys um make sure you click the link for the contest that will be wrapping up soon it is our great coffee lunch giveaway contest we've got a couple different prize packages uh Thanks to Nicole and Sarah over at Ladybird Provisions, as always. Thanks, Ladybird um, Provisions. We love you. Yeah, you guys are amazing. They've contributed. Uh, Taylor over at uh, TM Comics for contributing to the prize Thanks, Taylor, package. you're great, too. Yep. And then, uh, of course, you get some coffee. You get a coffee mug, uh, no matter which prize package you win. And if you win the grand prize, you get a Samsung Galaxy tablet and a year subscription to the Marvel Unlimited app so you can read all the back issues of all the comics. It's really, I love that app. Oh, it's so great. There's something like 20,000 comics on it. Yeah, I'm it's making insane. my way through all of them. And that Mar the Marvel Unlimited app and a tablet go together spectacularly well. Yeah, yeah. Much better than trying to read on your phone, especially. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For those of us with bad eyes. Yeah, those of us who are old. <laughs> yeah, those of us that are old. By the way, I, I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, Genre Geeks. So the crew over there, um, we did that little blurb for them a while back. And uh, it's in their last week's episode. They put it up. Uh, we're going to send them some coffee. And we're going to send them a thing of Nesquik. Because one of them doesn't like coffee, but likes hot chocolate. So we'll send you some Nesquik weirdo I mean, you know let your fleet freak flag fly i guess i guess i don't know i don't understand uh, but they're, they're like that but okay yeah there's some great guys so so yeah. check them out um is that our uh, fan fiction for the day or do we have something no as well yeah thanks dave good transition buddy um our fan fiction actually comes from a live conversation uh i had this week with gary our friend gary over oh, at Graham hey, gary. comics Hey, Gary. Um, Gary, I was in this week picking up what was in my pull box from King Spawn, new King Spawn. Mm. And uh, I was chatting with Gary and Gary actually brought up that he had seen the Batman and he had a different, uh, different feel and different opinion on the Joker or sorry, not the Joker, the Riddler. So Gary's take was that he thought it's interesting that lately in a lot of the Batman movies that it seems like there's this tendency to try to lean the villain into more of a Joker-esque mm. personality. And I can't say that he's, he's wrong. I definitely at times during the Batman thought, and we talked about this, it's a much darker Riddler, much more vicious Riddler 
Um, I thought it was a great take on it, you know, really great take on it, but he absolutely had a little bit of, um, a little bit of the Joker to him. You know, Gary brought up, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. We've talked about that before, right. You know, he 100% had that kind of like Joker vibe to him. Yeah. So not sure. Maybe Gary's thought was maybe it was because, you know, Heath Ledger's iconic, portrayal of the joker got him an oscar and so everybody feels like they need to do this maniacal villain in that universe um but you know he he wasn't wrong he wasn't wrong he had a good point yeah it's a really good point point. and for all of our thoughts on the batman uh check out our previous week's episode where we mm-hmm. reviewed it yeah we have a lot of episodes guys thanks for uh everybody that goes back into our our back episodes and listens to them it's kind of crazy to see yeah. uh the top listened episode right now, weirdly enough, is the Matrix review. Really? Yeah. Did not see that coming. Me either. Me either. It was interesting. Apparently, people are really interested in what we had to say around the Matrix, bro. Um, <laughs> whoa. Whoa. But, you know. Well, thanks, Gary, for that. That's a, it's an interesting. And he's, you're, I, I think you can't argue with him like clearly the the heath ledger joker influence uh continues all these years later yeah for sure and uh you know that just kind of brings up with tyler over at tm comics gary over at graham cracker comics i do want to say hey support your local comic shop or your online like favorite comic auction and uh let's keep you know keep those places open to help bring up more generations of geeks who are in love with the art that we grew up with and that seems to be now a major inspiration across all kinds of on-screen stuff and yeah who would have thought uh when we were kids watching super friends (laughs) right that at some point we would see like all of our comic book heroes start to come to life on screen beyond all young dave's wildest dreams right yeah, young John would have been like, what? His mind would be blown. Yeah. You know what? Before we totally transition there, can I just add a little bit here? Also a live conversation to your point about getting the, uh, the next generations involved um, and responding to the Batman. So my daughter, who's 14, saw it with her friends, said she was kind of bored, came home and like the next day said, dad, can we watch The Dark Knight? Because that's actually entertaining. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But again, like the, the, um, legacy yeah. that Heath Ledger has left resonates not just with us old geeks. Yeah. And, and you know, that brings up a really good point. I, I wanted to actually bring up, it's interesting. Like there are rave reviews out there around the Batman. Like everybody really likes it. It's right up there for most people with the Dark Knight. I know for you, it's like right up there with Batman Begins. Yeah. Dark Knight is ahead of it. But in looking at the Instagram, um, you know, post around that episode for us, there are a number of people who found it boring. Yeah. They, they, they didn't think it had enough and they didn't really care for it. I was really surprised by that to see the number of people. And, you know, of course it, it was, I love seeing that stuff. I know you do too, like the differing uh, opinions because Absolutely. it, it sparks yeah. so many of these conversations. Right. Um, 
but yeah, it was really interesting. Like if you go back into our Instagram and you take a look, like there's lots of, lots of people who didn't really care for it. And, um, I got to go back in and like all those comments today and sorry if I've missed your comments and haven't had time to respond lately, but you know, we like all those comments because we respect everybody's opinion. Yeah. You know, it, when we like a comment, it doesn't necessarily mean we agree with the comment. It means we're happy that you took the time to come in and interact with us, man. 100%. We're so like, yeah. it's such an honor to have people follow us and interact with us. Like it's kind of crazy sometimes, like how many people we were talking about this the other day, you know, when you were like, Hey, mm -hmm. like the people that just randomly are like, Hey, I was listening to your podcast the other day. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> That's so great. Thank you. We're up to 11 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and only nine of them are you and me. Yeah. Only nine of them. Are you. <laughs> well, okay. Then my parents, you know, because my mom always says I'm, I'm good at things. Um, <laughs> all right. We're, we're, we're now like, knows what a podcast is. <laughs> I don't think my mom knows what a podcast is either. And I love my mom, but I don't think she yeah. knows. My dad knows and he listens. I think my dad listens because I asked him, have you listened? He's like, of course I have. I no. in all fairness, my dad listens because he. Thanks, Don. Keep listening for us. Thanks, dad. Um, all right, Dave. What are we talking about today? Well, you've had a couple of clues so far, and we are talking today about why it's good to be bad. Mm -hmm. We're talking about uh, some of our favorite villains across geek culture. Yeah, because you can't have a hero without a villain. Like, you just can't. It's true. I guess it's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talk and, about and certainly so many of these products, that are, especially the, the movies tend to come down to how compelling is the villain? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, Dave, you want to start us off? Like, we're, and, and I think it's fair to say, like, we talked about, do we have a format for this? And we're not, this is literally just going to be a, we're not ranking anybody. We're yeah. not saying this one's better than this one. We're just talking about like what, why are they such a great villain? What do they embody as a villain? You know, because there's different kinds of villains. Yeah. So uh, to me, the quintessential cross-platform villain is, well, I don't want to steal your thunder. It's probably the one you've got there. But, uh, but I'm interested in how like I went with the for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I've got the the picture of uh, the Legion of Doom, mm -hmm. the animated Legion of Doom from Super Friends from their like headquarters, which thanks to John having the picture of of, of a particular right? yeah look how freaking similar those are, and it's so close yeah so I was really curious which came first and according to the interwebs, which we all know cannot be wrong. Never. Uh, the Legion of Doom was first introduced in 1978 to the, in the Super Friends episode, which means it came a year after it was September of 78, which means it came a year after the first Star Wars movie. So that says to me, that suggests to me, now they could have been drawing before. They probably were drawing. Right. A long That's what time I was before. just thinking is like, did like, they draw it before yeah, though? Which came first? The look of Darth Vader or the look of the Legion of Doom headquarters, 
I can't say for sure. I it might be. I, I think I feel like Vader influenced the Legion of Doom. It's possible, but I I think the other thing too is that it's also a little Black Manta isk. It's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which yeah. is weird because Black Manta is not nearly the like head guy there. But I think what we've been talking about. So the the region I went with Legion, Legion of Doom is that it connects to to Vader, who's just as iconic as it gets. But based on what we've just been talking about with all the Batman movies, like I feel like Joker mm. is probably the next one up there, like between the especially in the last. Well, for sure, since 08 yeah. with with Heath Ledger and then with what, a couple of years ago, was that 19 that, uh, that the the Joaquin Phoenix movie came out? Like, we oh, got yeah, it, its own thing. Mm -hmm. um, like people care about the Joker and uh, and Jack Nicholson back in 80 back in 89, you know, Jack Nicholson's thing like yeah. really came and and in the comics at least the ones i've seen obviously joker is the prime mover of of uh of bad guys in for sure in the batman comics and in some ways even in the entire dc like we've talked about this how without the joker being as crazy maniacal awful evil murderous as he is there's no injustice like right yeah. that whole injustice storyline doesn't happen without joker devising a plot to destroy superman's life well in i love the joker um as a character he is the one villain in i think comics in general who never exercises any form of restraint mm. yeah you know what i mean like right if he thinks it he's going to try to do it like that's that's just all there is to it if it crosses his brain he's going to try and do it and and there's really there's never like a justification for it right and i love that part about his story too that his backstory is that we don't get to know his backstory right and that makes him all the more terrifying and all the more unpredictable and it's the whole you know the dark Knight thing like alfred said it some some people just want to watch the world burn mm -hmm. and that's him that you cannot understand him you cannot reason with him like yeah. none of that and that's really you know that's why I, I think he probably got underplayed i don't even really joker doesn't even really stand out to me as be as what role he played in the legion of doom in the cartoon well it's and, been and since later that that really took over i think yeah and i think part of that is though it's if you watch stuff with like Okay, the Harley Quinn mm. uh, animated series, which we're finally getting a, a third season. Yay! Thank you, um, HBO Max, for jumping yeah. on that finally. But if you go back and you watch some of that, and this rings true through like some of the animated movies too, even the Legion is hesitant to like deal with the Joker. Mm. They yeah. have like they have crafted and created plans that didn't include the joker which in turn wound up gaining the joker's wrath where he came in and started you know throwing monkey wrenches into everything because he was he felt slighted and offended that they didn't include him in some evil plan the joker is so unpredictable and so insane that even other villains are like i don't want to touch this guy like right. i don't want to go near him and for me i think the quintessential joker moment 
for me comes in a death in the family when he beats Jason Todd within an inch of his life. And it was the first time in, in my time reading comics and reading Batman that I had seen the Joker this like ready to go that far. And he literally beats Jason Todd within an inch of his life, leaves him conscious and able to move a little bit mm -hmm. and then walks out of the building having planted all those bombs and he, and he blows him up. Yeah. Like that was, and, and granted, I, I know that Jason Todd's death was something that everybody voted on, but they could have done it in a way that was different, but to allow that moment for the Joker to like really unhinge and beat him to death. That was, I mean, to me, the only thing that comes close to that is when he, when he kills Lois Lane and blows up Metropolis. But even that to me, because the, the Jason Todd killing felt so personal, right? And so intimate. And it just, it, it truly was insane. Like, absolutely insane yeah absolutely i oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say and i think that that goes to show if you compare him to lex Luthor and a lot of the other villains a lot of the other villains still have some semblance of a code some semblance of humanity some semblance of yeah like occasionally they, a little bit in of their empathy, head they think right, they're yeah. doing something right yeah they right. think oh, they're we're doing making the world for, better for in right this we're way. making the world better yeah. a good example of that right now is is wilson fisk in devil's reign um, as the mayor of New York, like Wilson Fisk, you know, he's obviously clearly got a thing against Matt Murdock, but somewhere in him, he has this code and, and he believes he's doing the best he can for the city. Right. Yeah. There's a moment in the, in the, the TV show in the first season, I think where, where he says, I was trying to save this city. Yeah. Like, why are you fighting me? I'm trying to save this city. Yes. And, and in his mind, like that's, that's Lex. There's so many yeah. more. It's Sinestro, yeah. right? So yeah. many of them. The Joker does not have that. No. thought. Right. There is no thought in his head of I'm doing this because I think it'll make things better. He's like, I'm doing this because it sounded fun. Yeah. Right. I'm doing this because somebody's not paying attention to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? yeah. I yeah. am the center of everything. So yeah, that's really good. I know I've talked about this before, but I still feel like, and it's reinforced because like I said, I just watched it with, with my daughter, but the moment in Dark Knight, the movie where he tells the, how I got the scar for the second time. And it really clicks in that, oh, oh, you don't get to know. <laughs> he will just say whatever the hell he wants. Tells a great story. 100%. But, but you don't get to know what actually happened. Yeah. I, I think that I think that's brilliant storytelling. No, I, I agree. And and again, Keith Ledger did oh, such a phenomenal. Gosh. I really hope they give Barry Keegan an opportunity to play the Joker um, in the way that he looks in the cell in the Batman. I just in especially in that dark, gritty noir, like it'd be it'd be great to see. Yeah. Did, you know, and maybe it would get rid of the the Jared Leto thing. Yeah. 
I don't, I honestly don't know if I want to root for that or not. Maybe they need to post let it lie there. Yeah. Go some different directions. Yeah. yeah. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah. I wouldn't, I won't be against it, but I'm just not, I don't, I don't know if I'm rooting for it. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Well, that's a lot about the Joker and not, not all uh, new territory. So John, your turn. Who, who comes to mind? Who's your villain? Well, I mean, I, obviously we got Darth Vader in the background, right? Um, and I have gushed over my love for Darth Vader a number of times. And the one thing I will say about episodes one, two, and three that were kind of their saving grace for me was... You mean Star Wars episodes one, two, and three and not Coffee and Capes episodes one, two, and three, right? I mean, Coffee and Capes episodes one, <laughs> two, and three are probably better than Star Wars episodes well, one, two, and three. Well, I mean, that's setting the bar low, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. I'm building a rocket to go to space. <laughs> My ego you want to go says, to space, little puppy? I'll take you to space. Yeah, I'll take you to space. Um, so, in, in yeah, in Star Wars episodes one, two, and three, the one kind of saving grace is, and it started really with episode two, when Anakin goes out into the desert of Tatooine and slays all of the, the Tusken Raiders. Like, all of them. Yeah. The little ones, the women, he just like goes out and kills them all and we see this evolution of this very confused scared young like super powerful in the force kid into what you see over my shoulder which is the face of galactic terror yeah right and and we've talked about this before like through a new hope and empire strikes back like yeah he's he's intimidating and everything else and and whatnot but we really never see on screen how incredibly vicious he is until rogue one yeah other than the random like oh i'm gonna force choke a general here and there yeah but even then i think you know due to the time of yeah you know the time of the, the level of cgi possible the level of effects possible at the time the level and, of effects and... but also i think the era that the original three True. were done in right i don't think anybody was ready to see somebody like get choked to death and and killed on screen and, and he does it like they do a cut every now and then to all of a sudden like a general like dropping to the floor and you know yeah. but they never show the full thing happen in rogue one you know, we see him as Darth Vader going through all that. In uh, Revenge of the Sith, we see Anakin at the end yeah. kill everybody, right? Right. The younglings in the temple and the... Um, I can never remember their names. But, you know, the... The other Jedi? Guys. No, the bad guys. The, the Trade Federation. He goes through and destroys, he goes to Mustafar and kills everybody in the Trade Federation. But Darth Vader as a character, like truly Darth Vader, you know, we see in Rogue One and then in the comics, whoa, man. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's a force of nature. Yeah. Right. But he's also insanely powerful. Yeah. And And he's another one. You're not really sure what, what motivates him. Is he just angry right. at the world? Like, what's yeah? It it's not really clear. So you get a little bit of that 
craziness of Joker in him as well, that there's, there's really no reasoning with him. And anybody he strikes a bargain with just expects that he's going to eventually turn on them and kill them too. Yeah. And I was going to say, so that's the one thing I think about Vader that separates him out from Joker is that he will strike bargains to work with people. But at least in the comics, you, you see like Dr. Afra, and mm-hmm. this happens often in the Dr. Afra story, like every single person that agrees to work with Vader has this understanding, like at any point in time, he could like just turn and kill him mm-hmm. because he has that history of doing it. His motivation for working with them is his, like he's not going to share that with you. And he's not going to tell you why he's doing something. And if you offend him, he's just going to remove you from the picture. Cause in right. his mind, like he, it's convenient to have you help him now, but if he really runs it through to the end, he doesn't need you. Right. And everybody knows that. Which is again, terrifying. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Especially when you're like this all powerful dark Lord of the Sith who <laughs> just likes to like, just seems to, if, you know, anybody that crosses his path is, is toast. Um, so yeah. A- anyway, like, I think we've, we've probably spent enough time on Darth Vader yeah. too, because right. we've talked about him in the past so much. Yeah. So um, yeah, we can move on to, to somebody else, Dave, who else you got on, on kind of your list. It's a big list. It is a big list. Um, I, I, my list is heavy with, you know, comic book characters. I'm trying to like, think beyond that a little bit. Yeah. And I was trying to think of one who's like, is there like a Star Trek villain? And there's, there's Oh yeah. I, I mean, you could go Khan. Khan was great. Yeah. He's a great villain. Yeah. Um, it's not, but, you know, nothing that has near the cultural cachet that Vader or Joker does, but if, oh, if there's yeah, if there's a you. Star Trek villain, it's probably that one, or maybe like the Romulans or the Klingons. Oh, I guess as a no, missing, missing the one I thought of last night. Okay, the Queen Borg. Oh gosh, right, sure, yeah, yeah because it, again, it's the right because it's the just the maniac, not maniacal, but the uh, methodical, methodical. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Like, there's that, no reasoning with you. There's no stand up on yeah. my arm, like, <laughs> right. I can remember yeah. the first time. and she's a long standing one, right? Yeah. So Khan yeah. felt very like brief in both times we saw Khan on screen. Uh, right. but great, great villain in Star Trek. Yeah. The Klingons are always like that's a group. Yeah. That's a, a race. Same with the Romulans. The Borg, granted, are a collective, but the Queen Borg sits at the center. And her one, I, I don't remember who plays her. But whoever it is, she's terrifying. The yeah. idea of like the assimilation thought process. I remember the first time seeing her like not attached to the rest of her body mm. was such a weird like, okay, I don't want to end up as one of those things. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Well, and once like, again, you, yeah, you've got the whole, you can't reason with them. You can't, you can't make them feel anything. You no. can't, you can't appeal to any empathy or humanity or anything. It's just methodical, not well, well in a way, killing machine, methodical assimilation yeah, machine of course. that kills your personality. Well, so, and, and the only way that 
you know, Picard, by the way, if you haven't been watching the new Picard series on Paramount, I highly recommend it. I think it was Paramount or Peacock. One of those two. Paramount. Paramount Plus. I have not seen it. He's, man, just as an actor in general, I loved him. Whether it's Professor X, whether it's Picard. Way back in the day, there was a movie called Excalibur from like the 70s. And he was a knight in in that movie. Yeah. But he's just, and he's got such an iconic voice and right. the way he talks. Um, but in in the Star Trek series and, and eventually in the movie, the only way that he could think to beat the Borg was to become the Borg because the Queen Borg was obsessed with John Luke. Yeah, was absolutely obsessed with uh, obsessed with him. Wanted him specifically. It was the only like real emotion that that character. seemed to display was this desire to have him um and they had to take and data got assimilated and you know it was a whole that was like to me out of all of the star trek villains that we saw that was the one that even now i think back and i'm like that one is terrifying like the klingons are like barbarians Right. And there's a whole, you know, it gets a little uncomfortable when you like vilify a whole race of people in a show like that. Like, you know, yeah. 30 years ago, I didn't, I wasn't aware enough to notice that, but now you kind of see it and like, well, is that really how, you know, so the Borg definitely fits a better, like there's, there's a better, a better picture of what a, a truly villain, true villain really is, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. We probably differ a little bit on the on the whole Klingon and vilifying the whole race. Like, there's just a, a history of that kind of stuff within any kind of like storytelling. In order to be able to do kind of the Joseph Campbell like hero's journey thing, yeah. Um, but that's like a whole different conversation. Um, I think. Though, you know, as far as Star Trek goes, that's like, that's the, the pinnacle of like bad, scary thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I knew All there right. was the, <laughs> I, I was sitting there thinking about that one last night. I was like, oh, we're going to go outside of like comics. And I immediately thought of Queen Borg. And I was like, oh, that one just creepy, weird. Yeah. The, you know, the, the veiny, like the, the, yeah. the bald, something about the being bald adds to, well, and then you see how they because make... it reduces the humanity, right? Yeah, right. It reduces the humanity, and how they like when they captured like Federation people, and they showed like they did the pass through through the cube, and they and you see these guys and you know the men and women being turned into Borg. Yeah, and it's not like like they're replacing arms and they're just doing all this like hack need surgery with people awake to make it ah oh. no you, thanks yeah um bad all right well who you got next john oh well if we're so since we're venturing outside of like comic books a little bit i gotta say I am a huge fan of the old school 1980s slasher movies <laughs> I love them I love them to death uh, and uh recently i rewatched cabin in the woods which i think is probably the quintessential uh horror movie from kind of modern times it's just so good and so funny and chris hemsworth um but let's go back to the 80s 
and and slasher movies. And for me, there is no better silent assassin than Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. Yeah. The hockey mask is iconic. Yep. The large, like, you know, machete chasing teenagers through the woods. He killed Kevin Bacon. Uh, (laughs) But, and they always found this massive, massive human being to play him. Yeah. And there was... You know, we talk about like no reasoning with the Joker, right? There's, yeah, there's right, no reason. Right. You couldn't even get a, like get Jason, Jason Voorhees never talked. Yeah. He right. didn't speak and he just showed up and brute strength, like cut people in half, like stuck them to trees with harpoons. Like he just right. did yeah. these horrifying deaths and terrified like campers and then came back over and over and over and over and was super lumbering and slow but somehow nobody could ever outrun him dude you could be usain bolt (laughs) sprinting through the woods for minutes and stop to turn around and look and somehow he's still And when you turn back around it's like (laughs) (laughs) machete to the face he's right on top of us (laughs) right He's, he's right on top of us now we can remember that whole race but anyway right. Right. uh but yeah i mean it just and and he spawned a whole bunch of those right we got michael myers in halloween that came yeah. sometime shortly after that um who is terrifying as well because he didn't yeah. really say anything yeah but jason Voorhees for me man that hockey mask so iconic so when i i have a an 80s uh movie slasher on my list as well mine's kind of the uh, the other end of the spectrum though i gotta go with freddy krueger yeah like i always enjoyed those i i mean i i've seen a couple of the friday the 13th but you know now there's 135 of them and half of them are in space or whatever and mm-hmm. you know it's gone <clears throat> way way yeah, way it's a little insane a little yeah. crazy yeah <clears throat> but those first couple of nightmare on elm streets man like oh yeah terrifying <sighs> and the whole like you know there's sort of like a little wolverine-esque thing with the with the razor claws yeah but the yeah the sound like him like scraping those on a on a wall or a window or whatever or just the idea that oh guess what you can't go to sleep right (laughs) if if you go to sleep you're dead right i that was a terrifying concept by the way when i was at some point you're gonna fall asleep yeah I think the uh, the first time I encountered a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, it was the summertime, and it was insanely hot in my room, and I laid in bed terrified, <laughs> like, just having those, you know, very irrational thoughts, but you're right. young, and like, yeah. and Freddy Krueger was a horrifying character. Yeah. Like, just terrifying. And I think he got quippier as, as the movies went yeah, along. Oh, for sure which made it a little more fun and got a little, you know, got a little campy, which I'm fine with. Like that was part of it. But he's not, but it wasn't as like, as purely scary. There wasn't right. As the first two, those first two Nightmare on Elm Street movies were Johnny Depp. Uh Uh-huh. His death in Nightmare on, in the first Nightmare on Elm Street were like, he gets like, thrown all over the room and then sucked into the was he with the one that got sucked into the waterbed and then the waterbed explodes oh with gosh, blood all over remember the- but probably 
Yeah. Oh, God, I remember I was like, whoa. <laughs> it was so bad. Remember when water beds were a thing? That was that was weird. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I had one like as a little kid. Like, my mom my worked for a waterbed store. <laughs> and so I had a waterbed. It popped. Big surprise. <laughs> uh anyway so yeah it was like i agree with was you. it freddy cougar that popped it probably probably right and i just woke up in time yeah yeah i that's a we and we talked about that before like freddy cougar so i'm glad yeah. you brought him up because he's yeah. he really like that guy was terrifying 1980s horror movies with those characters like you just don't see that anymore right you know we got the saw series which mm -hmm. i guess kind of right kind of yes. but it wasn't like none of those were that person actually attacking and killing it was all these different traps and things that he set up so it wasn't the same for me yeah and that's not really my i i haven't sought those out or enjoyed them really i, really I don't care like yeah. but but teenage me really really enjoyed for sure yeah Nightmare on elm street and yeah. especially and then some of the other ones too yeah yeah that's a good one that's a good one man that's so good um we haven't really talked about marvel villains we haven't right brought up any marvel villains and and i i don't want to bring like thanos into play because i feel like thanos has been talked about eight million trillion times over and over you know we've been exposed right, to him yeah. a lot yeah he was great but i i do want to say that um and I'm not, I, I don't really think that this character necessarily qualifies anymore as a villain. But Loki, when mm. Loki was, uh, you know, when Tom Hiddleston first kind of started playing Loki, and we saw Loki go through kind of a redemption arc. Yes, very much so. Um, and, and that happens, you know, sometimes with characters, they go through a redemption arc. But early on, like, Loki was, I wouldn't put Loki anywhere near like the Joker, Like he had some of that unpredictability. Right. Yes. That he was just kind of in it for his own amusement. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily a, I'm going to take over the world, but right, yeah. just once in a while is a, well, I deserve the throne of Asgard, but, but mostly it's just, well, let's see what sort of chaos we can sow today. Mm-hmm. I will say the one Marvel character that I've uh, that I can think of off the top of my head that I've never seen run through a redemption arc before is the Red Skull. Yeah, there's not a lot of redeeming that. No, I mean we're talking about the super soldier Nazi. Yeah, of like there's, there's not a lot of redeeming time. the Nazis. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I'm not. I can't say I'm interested in that story. No, and. Uh, and so to see Hugo Weaving did a great job of playing, yeah. you know, Red Skull. And then he was replaced by that guy in, uh, I can't remember his name. I can't he either, did, but like, he did a great I, job of his voice. He sounded yeah, like I thought it was Hugo Weaving, right? right. Yeah. Um, but the Red Skull is and has never wavered from like his evil. Right. Like there's never been a moment, kind of like the Joker, like, yeah, never been a moment where he's changed who he is, right? That's true. I mean, 
so I do need to point out that, you know, we, we kind of started with Darth Vader, who is technically a Marvel villain at this point. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't really like, I know that's being just, yeah, I'm just being a pendant an annoying pendant. No, that's okay. If that's not, uh, if that's I mean, not a redundant the phrase, Darth Vader comic, <laughs> <laughs> but it, you um, know, it like, he's not, he didn't start as a Marvel villain. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. I would, I was thinking, uh, Dr. Doom. Oh yeah. Dr. Doom's good. Now he has had some, some, um, redemption attempts at marks. redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the whole thing where he was, he decided to be a good guy and wasn't he the invincible Dr. Doom and kind of took, he, sort he of took Iron on Man's like plans? an Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Right. And at some point in some versions, he's been Sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. And that's in, been in interesting, but I think that's a villain that is very powerful, scary, smart. Right not quite as unpredictable as some of those other ones that he tends to be like, okay, if you leave me alone here in my country and don't try to overthrow my iron fisted, you know, authoritarianism rule here will probably be okay. But then every once in a while he wants to meddle with stuff too. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of unpredictability there from, for him too. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, his, his main thing, and, and I'm going to kind of, tie him a little bit in some similar areas to black adam yeah which we talked about a couple weeks ago yeah which we talked about a couple weeks ago you know both of them have had moments of being heroes yeah right but their main motivation always seems to come back to to taking care of the country right for uh you know dr doom it's liberia for black adam it's conduct um and neither one of them is shy in terms of using extreme measures to defend their countries right and i think they both would see themselves as more or less the hero of their own stories right right? they i don't think either one sees themselves as a villain no Uh -uh. whereas joker's not it joker doesn't care that he's he's not interested in not being a villain he doesn't care no uh-uh. he, he he doesn't have that that need to be anybody's savior right right, right. and same adam, with vader yeah right i think black adam has a need you know yeah a desire to be the savior for his country wants to keep everybody safe and protect everyone um same with doom yeah you know similar similar kind of arc where they're at now uh you know, and, and we're seeing that more and more in villains. We're seeing, you know, obviously we're seeing that with the Kingpin run over right. the last couple of years with regards to being the mayor of New York. We saw it uh, years ago when Lex Luthor became president of the United States. Yeah. Right. Um, there's, uh, we're seeing that kind of more and more with some of the villains who like might toe the line a little bit. Um, and I for sure think Lex Luthor would say, he's the hero he's just trying to save the world from the alien the invading alien the invading all-powerful alien Mm -hmm. like he absolutely sees himself as a defender of the the earth yeah and there's a bunch of the there's a bunch of villains who see themselves like in terms of being a savior of some kind right um even if it comes out of very twisted you know twisted thought processes like sinestro 
Sinestro, right? right? Um, has this weird thought. Pro- he left the Green Lantern Corps because the, you know, if you look at modern kind of Sinestro, because he didn't believe their methods were getting it done. Yeah. Right. And then he formed the Sinestro Corps, which just is kind of a more like extreme version and looks to kind of bring the galaxy under his protection, right? His protection. Yeah. But at the same time, like when there has been a need, except in injustice, injustice, he just like 100% sees an avenue for him to kind of, you know, be bad. But in some of the comics, like when there's a need for him to partner with like Hal for a bigger reason, like he has stepped into that hero role, which he originally started in. Yeah. Um, and there's there's some others, although there are ones that think they're heroes, but that's just because their mental faculties <laughs> they can't understand, like Bizarro. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Bizarro's not evil. He's just more like a child who's been let loose in the yes in the China like the China shop kind of thing, and just is breaking things because he doesn't know any better. Right. Yeah. He doesn't know any better, but at the same time, like he, he definitely goes overboard on a number of occasions. True. Yeah. Okay. So here's one. This is, this is kind of a deep dive, although it, it was the main story in the first season of Jessica Jones TV show. So maybe people know it, but as far as terrifying villains, I'm going to put Kilgrave up there, the purple man, Mm. because he's a guy that can control people's thoughts. Yeah. Or can get in their head and make them do what he wants them to do. I guess that's that's With a better a way to suggestion. Right. Like he doesn't do it through telepathy. He, yeah. You know, he just simply like tells them to do yeah. something. You should go jump off a bridge and they will go do it. Mm-hmm. You should go like, kill that person and they go yeah, kill that person. Right. Right. And he doesn't seem to have any compunction about any kind anything. No, no. He's very self-serving. Like hundred yes. percent. Like at the right. core, he's very self-serving. Yeah. Like that's a that's a pretty terrifying villain really yeah i um in jessica jones like i had a hard time with him because he's in the comics he's the purple man yeah and they didn't do that right right and and for me like those little things can throw me like sure. it's a comic yeah. book show. Let's yeah. let's go ahead and adhere to like the comic book aspect. <laughs> He's the purple man. Let's yeah. make him purple. Yeah. Um, I think he wore it, a lot of purple, maybe, but <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't, wasn't like Kilgrave in the comics is like purple, purple. purple. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd agree with you in the comics and, and even in the show, like it's a pretty terrifying like power to just be able to say something and have somebody be like, Yeah, off I go. Right. There's because there's no there's very little defending it. I guess if you can't hear, if you can block your ability to hear him, then you're okay. But as we've seen in the especially in the comics, he can control you for years. Yeah. I think you know, which is I mean, truly evil. Like the way he and the way he would just manipulate people is like truly real world evil. I think to and as you're talking about it and you think about those kinds of things i think sometimes the ones that strike me as being the most terrifying are the ones that 
mask themselves as something else. And when I think of that, I think about just recently, and we're getting ready to get another season of it, Homelander from the boys, right? He's, and it may be part of it came from too, the idea of like the, you know, Bizarro and the childlike thought process. Cause if you watch the show, like he has a high level of like insecurity stemming from how he was raised as a child. You look at the comics and how he was treated and he was a laboratory experiment essentially. And he has essentially Superman's powers but a moral compass that is way messed up. And he has up. Darth Vader's moral compass. <laughs> yeah, he's got Darth Vader. It's a great way to put it. He's got Darth Vader's moral compass. If you're no, if you offend him in any way, if you are, if he decides you're just no longer useful to him, there's yeah. a good chance you're going to end up in a pile of ash from his. Have you watched the animated eyes. shorts that they did on Amazon I yet? Not. I the know. last one is specifically around him. Okay. And his first like mission as a member of bought and um and go watch it it's okay. it's really really good um yeah totally worth checking out so i mean that's a that we could go on and on oh for sure yeah obviously there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them yeah uh but for sake of time yeah was there was there any last one on the list that you really really wanted to at least briefly mention uh no i think um i mean there's like i said if we start if i start mentioning more like we're here for a whole lot longer and um i think what i'd like to know is from all our listeners like who did like who'd we miss that they are you know when they think of the quintessential like epic villain what's that look like who is that yeah and what are some other you know what are some other avenues like are there are there some villains from anime that I, I just, I don't have the, for sure. I, you know, I don't have the, the touchstone for that to, to pull that out. Like who, who's that, who would that be? Yeah. Who should we check One out in all, there? In, in my hero academia falls into that category. There's a, there's a bunch of them. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I assume there are like, what is, you know, what are some other, um, not genres, but what are some other properties that, that yeah. have, that have a really good villain that we, that we haven't talked about. Teach us people. <laughs> enlighten us give us your thoughts yeah yeah tell us who we miss awesome well thanks everybody hope you had uh fun with this we always have a good time um and uh be sure to check us out on all the ways leave us uh some comments or or send us an email we're old we read emails still you can do that yeah all the time all the time all the time we appreciate all the ways that you've been engaging with us and uh we'll look forward to seeing you next time next week even next week next week yep until then see ya true believers Bye. bye guys